0: Hello, and welcome to the Hub World Podcast. Uh, Today we have quite an interesting Nintendo topic that we're going to talk about. Um, Before we get there, we'll get to introductions. As always, my name is Jules.
1: Okay, I'm
0: Mateo.
2: And I'm Gino.
0: If you caught on to Mateo's reference, we are talking a little bit about Donkey Kong today. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, We thought, because we haven't really had a regular episode in a while... Um, We had our E3 stuff, and then right off of E3, um, we came back doing some essentials, and we just did our Pokemon episode. So we haven't really done just, like, a regular speculation, like, talk about what's going on episode. So we thought we'd open just by talking about a few things that have just happened in the gaming world since we last had a chance to talk about it. So we um, talked a lot around, like, leading up to the time of E3 about these Nintendo Switch Pro Rumors, and uh, about a week and a half ago, Nintendo dropped the the news that the Nintendo Switch Pro was not so pro after all.
1: Yeah the the OLED Switch. I was sleeping, and uh, Gino woke you me were up. Sleeping and,
0: during that trailer.
1: Yeah, Gino woke me up at like seven a.m. and he's like, "Mateo, did you see it? Did you see it?" I said I was like in a daze, and I just heard like the the Switch snap. And then he showed me the trailer on my phone, and I'm like, oh, crap, the Switch Pro, it's real, it's real, it's real. And I'm just waiting, and like I saw like the better kickstand, better screen, better speakers. I'm like, okay, it's awesome, okay, now, where's the better graphics? Where is it, 4K dock, all that. They talk about the dock, it's got the Ethernet port, I'm waiting, and then nothing happened. And the end of the trailer, was like, that's it? And I was super, super disappointed. But then the more I thought about it, the more I just don't care anymore, to be honest with you. I can wait another year, two years, three years. I could wait for the next Nintendo system to come out. I'm just content with my Switch the way it is right now. I don't know about you guys, but like...
0: I was like, excited that I'm not going to have to drop money on another version <laughs> of the Switch. I've
1: <laughs> heard of it, too. That's yeah. definitely I currently,
0: part of it. For those of you at home, I currently own three Nintendo Switches. I was not yeah, excited to begin. To two of them were given to me um, for reasons that I'm not sure if I'm allowed to mention on the podcast, but...
2: You got them at work.
0: I did get them from work. Um, I worked for a place that gave me Nintendo Switches, and that's all I'll say. But... I have three, and I'm like, I only use one of them. I, like, sometimes use my Nintendo Switch Lite, because I'm like, hey, it would be cool to play this with a small screen. Or, like, recently I've used it for Mario Golf, because um, if those of you who don't know, one of the downsides to, to Mario Golf uh, Star Rush is that Speed Golf, which is the optimal way to play, only supports two player same screen, so anytime I've had friends over to play, I usually just hop on my Switch Lite and join them handheld, and the reason I use my Switch Lite is because if I use my regular Switch, Switch, the Joy-Cons desync, because Joy-Cons are trash. So the Switch Lite doesn't have desync issues, so I use it. Anyway, that's my tangent about the Switch Lite.
1: But, like, the other thing with the Switch OLED that I've sort of warmed up to is I completely understand that I'm probably in the minority here, where I primarily play my Switch docked. Like I'd say, I'm like 95% of the time my Switch is docked, and it's a kind of a it'd be a waste of money for me to buy something like the OLED Switch that has so many more features that are meant meant for people that play portably, with like the kickstand, the screen, all that stuff. And I know there's there's, there's an audience for that, and I mean it's a $50 upgrade, at least $50 US. I don't know what the Canadian pricing is going to be on it. But I mean, if I'm a new switch owner, if I was a new switch owner, that would be the one I buy for sure. hundred percent because it's worth to get the Ethernet port and all the bells and whistles that the switch uh, OLED has over the the new regular switch model. It's got better storage. It's got better battery life, like or compared to the launch switches, it's got better battery life. But all of that makes the fifty dollars uh, upgrade fee. Completely worth it in my eyes. But it it kind of stings that the majority docked players still haven't gotten an enhanced Switch, but I can definitely see the market for this, and I respect that. And like I've kind of cooled off when I've thought about that. But hey, like you said, we don't have to spend more money on Nintendo stuff. Today, the day of recording this, was a very expensive day for us Zelda fans. And then when Dread comes out, it's going to be a very expensive day to be a Metroid fan. Nintendo's got these days where they just open up our wallets and take out all the money, so... They yeah, they, don't I, get another, yeah. they don't get another one of the... Like, I guess, actually, the Switch OLED's coming out the same day as Dread, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> money sure saved. A
2: lot of money off of some people for that.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, they made a lot of money off of me today. I bought an Amiibo, a game, and two pairs of Zelda Joy-Con because, you know, I'm obsessed. So... Um, but like kind of the, the other thing that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks is kind of like while we, I think, here at the hub world, kind of temper our expectations when it comes to rumors. Um, a lot of people really buy into rumors and it kind of creates unrealistic expectations. Like we've seen that with Smash Bros characters, like Smash Bros leaks. Um, like what we can talk about, like,
2: Kazuya, right? Like the, the lead up to E3 for Smash, like, oh. Like, let's be real. Like, the only, like, when, like, I know we say it as a joke at the end of every one of our podcasts for, like, okay, uh, with for the Gino fans not to do anything. But the only reason why Gino as a character exists, and I'm going to use the biggest set of quotations that I can here, is because of, of just the hype cycle.
0: Well, technically, it's because Sakurai made a comment in 2005.
2: Like, yeah, a one-off comment one time once. And it got blown out of proportion, and here we are, yeah. like 15 years later, where people are still expecting yeah. this. Well, I don't know if they're, ex-
0: yeah. I mean, right. there's right. definitely, yeah, there's definitely hope. I don't know if there's so much expectation. There was expectation though that one time with the uh, the Grinch leak, which uh, oh, featured yeah, Geno and that. and Banjo and. But the but the thing is, like, so at least with when Kazuya is concerned. Kazuya was one of those characters that actually, strangely, the general Smash fan base did not react poorly to Kazuya. Um, like he wasn't hype. Like nobody's no, not many people were excited, but nobody really reacted poorly. And I actually still attribute that to this idea of like rumor and like a hype cycle because um, there were no leaks leading up to this E3, whereas in past E3s when there have been credible leaks, and then the character turned out to not be people thought was going to pop up. Um there's been a lot of backlash and a lot of criticism same thing as we're seeing with the Switch Pro where people are like criticizing and being like this isn't what like Nintendo's blind, they don't know what they're doing when really when you think about it it's not really the worst move on Nintendo's part to just have like a small little upgrade rather than a big upgrade that's going to kind of split their game development moving forward because if there's a 4K version of Switch moving forward, a lot of games are going to be optimized to run on that Switch. And then, is the old Switch, the old Switch models, are there going to be games that just run poorly on it? Same thing as we saw with new 3DS. So, I think there's like a functional reason why they didn't do something like a Switch Pro. But the negative reaction ultimately comes from the fact that it's been rumored for years and people were expecting it and felt entitled to it, yeah. much like we've seen with Smash, right? Like with the Grinch leak. With um, with other Smash Bros. leaks, with other like, look at Super Mario All Stars. When Super Mario, Mario. All Stars was announced, people were very upset because the rumors surrounding that game were saying that Mario sixty four was going to be remade from the ground up, which was kind of a very wishful thinking rumor. And I think we all at the time we didn't have the podcast at the time, so we didn't get to hear our thoughts. But we all at the time, I don't think, fully bought into that. Like we definitely wanted I
1: it. Did. I yeah, I definitely wanted it to happen. It Would have been nice. Yeah, it it happens all the time. I think with Nintendo more like more than other companies, to be honest with you, just because I think people's attachment to like a Nintendo IP is like kind of magical in a way. Like everyone loves it, and it's just something that like look at a lot of the leaks, especially around the time of E three. I I follow Xbox pretty closely and Nintendo mainly like. And the amount of Nintendo leaks or leaks in quotation marks that are out there compared to other companies is just way, it's just way more, honestly. And the thing is, like, I found recently o- over the last few years of, like, E3 seasons and stuff and the Game Awards, like, how many times has Metroid Prime Trilogy been rumored to be announced yeah. at Pikmin uh, 4. an event? Pikmin yeah. 4. Miyamoto had this interview, like, five years ago how we said pikmin 4 and he probably was talking about hey pikmin on 3ds it could have just no, been his translation. he was not well
0: and it wasn't I'm, five I'm years a... ago; it was like
1: 10 <laughs> no it that was it was the e3 i'm pretty sure that had a lot of the games that people say are really bad like ultra smash and animal crossing amiibo festival like that was that e3 i'm pretty sure mm. but Like I said, people have a strong attachment to a lot of Nintendo franchises, and they want news.
0: You know what else it is, though? It's not just... I I don't think it's just the IP. I think it's actually the fact that Nintendo, of all of the companies, has the least actual leaks. So the problem is, like, the thing is, like, for example, with Sony and some of Sony's IP. Not a lot of leaks come out, but when they do, they end up being right. Because actual leaks happen for other companies. And they sometimes they happen early. Like Ubisoft, I swear, every single Assassin's Creed game they've developed in the last, like, 15 years. Which I think... (laughs) No, 15 years is when the series started. Basically since Assassin's Creed, like, three. Three, yeah. Every single one has been leaked. Like, every single one. Some of them have been leaked, like, months and months and months in advance. And, like, what I think makes nintendos very different is that there have been some leaks within nintendo but there's so few that actually pan out that there's a lot of fake leaks that go around and actually gather a lot of steam because people just don't know what to believe around nintendo anymore because very few things get leaked so sometimes when it's something people really want or something people really like like something like a mario 64 remake they start to really latch on. And sometimes there's a little bit of info leaked. Like, for example, like the fact that a Mario All-Stars game was coming out was something that was leaked, but there was so little info about it leaked that people started to add things to it, and then the leak gets muddied and gets bigger.
1: Always go back to your source. <laughs> the click, Keep clicking back in the articles to the source article.
0: Like, the source, the original source of whoever leaked, like, Switch Pro, for example, all they might have said is, like, it's a Switch hardware upgrade, which technically, that would be true, right? But I'm sure it was just spun spun and spun and spun and spun, and then this person hears like well my source says that it's a 4k one and then that source got their info from another source who's all just spurning up these rumors and really the source itself never really said those things and i think that's what happens with nintendo is it's just a lot of things like that happen and i wouldn't even be surprised if nintendo throws out fake leaks to try and root out moles within their their own marketing divisions right
1: Star Fox Grand Prix, but I think was probably definitely one. The oldest Nintendo leak that I remember back, I don't know, it was probably what five, ten years ago. Remember there was the talk of a Star Fox Metroid crossover game that everyone was talking about. Yeah I remember this remember That one. one that was I think that was probably around like 2011, 2012. It was like early Wii U days, I think. and yeah, I remember that was debunked pretty quickly, but a lot of that got traction and then like i said like metroid prime trilogy every event that happens is like is metroid Pri- like metroid prime trilogy i think actually exists it's going to be something that comes out probably when we're way closer to prime 4 coming out like within 8 months or so before it comes out they'll probably release that to build hype but going back to the game awards probably since 2018 i think it's been year after year E3 game awards like either event it's been everyone's been saying metroid prime Uh, trilogy is getting ported to switch so nintendo rumors eventually someone's gonna get that right
2: yeah the thing is though like when you're when you're throwing like when you're when you're using the um like metroid prime trilogy as an example here like if you keep saying the same thing over and over again eventually you're gonna be right like there's no it's i i'd like to think it's a safe bet that we're gonna get this
1: there's a very few like i'd say credible nintendo insiders that are right a fair amount of the time of the predictions. All of them are kind of putting their reputation out on the line saying Prime Trilogy exists. Honestly, like I think this is a good segue to what we're going to talk about now. This past E3, a leak came out talking about a slew of Nintendo games, and a lot of those games did get announced at Nintendo's E3. There were games on there that were like a new Mario Party game, a new two D Metroid game, which we got. A new WarioWare game, which we got. And then, on there, there was the talk of another Donkey Kong game that's being made by the Mario Odyssey team. The three D Mario team is making a Donkey Kong game that's not going to be in the Donkey Kong Country. Ah, uh, like it's gonna, it's not gonna take the name Donkey Kong Country. Basically, it's like part of this initiative apparently that Nintendo is now going to be doing. They're gonna be taking Donkey Kong and they're just gonna really push it internally. They're gonna be pushing it to their fans. It's gonna be a multimedia type push by Nintendo to get Donkey Kong. And I think next year is the fortieth anniversary of Donkey Kong, or this year's the fortieth anniversary or something, so it'll all come together in a really cool way. They said like King K Rule and the Kremlings are gonna be back. Uh and like the main core Kong characters like DK, Diddy, Dixie, and or DK, Diddy, and Cranky. I don't remember if Dixie was named, but are going to be in the game. Uh, like I said, the Kremlings are going to be back, which is awesome, because as much as I like Retro's Donkey Kong Country games, it felt like the villains were super generic, and I feel like those games could have really benefited with the Kremlings. Because, I mean, King K. Rule is awesome. I'm so happy he got added to Smash Bros. Like, King K. Rule. Deserves to be a bigger villain or bigger character than he has been basically since Rare was sold to Microsoft. Like, Nintendo basically abandoned King K. Rule, anyways. Ta- k- tangent on my love of King K. Rule aside, but Donkey Kong definitely has the name recognition to be a bigger franchise than it is. And like Metroid's g- gonna go through this very soon as well. And I'm just happy Nintendo's pushing these lower tier franchises and they're going to try to push them into that A tier category with Zelda with Pokemon with Mario.
2: We had a feeling that something like like there was a big uh like these big announcements stuff they they were coming, right? And especially with the DK1 and when it didn't happen, we were kind of surprised. But the thing is, we didn't and like this is kind of going back to the previous topic too. Like we had expectations, we knew something was going to happen. But the thing is though, we didn't we didn't get blinded by what we wanted to do. Cause at the end of the day, Nintendo's a company, right? They have to keep some secrets. They have to hold on to some announcements and things too. Right. And like, it makes sense for them not to show their entire hand. And like, when it comes to Donkey Kong or when it comes to like just announcements and stuff in general, we didn't like, yeah, we had some expectations, but we weren't entirely disappointed with what mm-hmm. we got in the end, right? Like, and, I, and I've and i said this to you before, right? Like, even when just, like, dealing with, like, personal things, you have expectations of someone, you don't tell them your expectations, and then you get mad when those expectations aren't met. That's inherently not fair, because you're not giving someone, like, the other person didn't promise anything, like, we didn't promise yep. this, right? Like, we didn't, whatever, like, this is what you get, and this is, like, we didn't say anything, those were your words that were put into our mouth, mm-hmm. kind of thing, and, like, it would have been nice to get another DK thing, but if, or it would have been nice to get some other, th- some, some more news or like them, again, like Metroid Prime and stuff, but like, I don't I think, I think what we got was good.
1: Yeah. Cause yeah. like the, we knew what we were getting. Like we had an idea of what we were going to get, but we didn't know exactly what that was. Like we, we got a Mario Party announcement, but in honestly, that's probably like we, what we got was like best case of what we could have got from our, from Mario Party. Yeah, we knew there was going to be a two D Metroid. We got Metroid friggin' Dread. Yeah, we got. That's- yeah, we didn't get Donkey Kong, but we got Advanced Wars was a surprise. No one expected that. That wasn't on yeah. any of the leaks.
2: And honestly, like, if any of those things were spoiled, honestly, I think it would have ruined the actual announcement itself. Yeah, and I, I guess agree. That can, like can, can kind of bring us into like the whole like boiler wars and all that kind of stuff, right?
0: The hype and spoiler culture not only creates unrealistic expectations. So when something that you wanted to get announced doesn't get announced, it, it sours your taste. It also ruins things that you are excited for. And that like bleeds into everything that bleeds into film TV shows. Like that's what I mean. It's so it's like, the hype, like, it's nice to speculate. I like speculating. I like speculating here at the Hub what we're World. Doing like right it's now. so fun to speculate. It is what we're doing right now, and what we're going to be doing in a bit when we kind of get back to the Donkey Kong convo. But um, the the danger of it is, like, not only do you create unrealistic expectations, but you also ruin the actual exciting announcements. Like, I, when I was watching, when I was, like, really into television shows, and one of the shows I was watching was Arrow, I had a very different experience than some of my friends who were watching it because I kept up with the hype and rumor cycles of the show. So, like, it was almost like every week I already knew what was going to happen because I was looking at set photos, I was looking at cast listings, I was reading the like synopses, like the, the previews, like watching all the preview clips. And, like, basically every episode just felt like I knew what was happening. And it was just either a confirmation or a deconfirmation of what I already thought would know, I, I, like I knew. And if it if the things that I thought were going to happen happened, I was underwhelmed. And if the things I thought were going to happen didn't happen, I was disappointed. So it's it's really unsustainable and it I, it's almost like my advice to everybody is if you really, really love something, if you really love a story or a game or a series or like you really like to be excited, as hard as it is, Fucking avoid the internet. Since I've started doing that, like I went into E three, refusing to look at anything, and I had a blast. Even though people say it's one of the worst E three years, like I liked it. I enjoy my television shows now that I don't look up their stuff. Like I think it's so much more. Like it takes a lot of patience, and it takes a lot of like resolve and willpower. Willpower. But I remember when we were, in, we were in
2: California last? Uh, uh, when we were in California, I was California about last to say then, that. We did, yeah, we went to. I mean, this is during. This was during the uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield like hype cycle, Leaks, right? Yeah. And the entire Pokedex leaked, and we were like, yeah. "We're not looking at it. We're not looking at it. We want to be surprised. We want to be surprised. We want to be surprised." And we caved.
0: No, you're wrong. You guys caved. I
1: did not. So I'll that's actually you. what I was going to say.
2: You actually got something
1: spoiled for me. So I said, screw it. I'm just looking at everything. So and that was it.
0: let me explain this. So this is a three generation Pokemon cycle narrative. When Gen 6 was coming out, Gen 6's thing leaked. Joe and Mateo and Gino were looking at their the Pokemon. I looked at them too because I was like, I want to see the new Pokemon. And when I played Gen 6, I liked it. But I was not surprised by any of the Pokemon. I had already picked out my team. And I was just like, whatever. Then gen seven came and I really wanted to avoid the pokedex and I wasn't going to look at it, but then um, game freak themselves spoiled a ton of the Pokemon leading up. Like they revealed a lot of the Pokemon from gen seven. And then when the pokedex leaked, uh, Mateo and Joe looked at it and I remember asking them how many Pokemon have I not seen? And they said like, like maybe a dozen. So I was like, whatever, I'm just going to look at them. And again, didn't have the greatest experience. Gen 8, one of the most controversial Pokemon games of all time that people hate. I actively avoided looking at things. When that those leaks came out in California, we were in California. We were in lines in Disneyland for Disneyland roller coasters and like rides and stuff. And we had a lot of time and the internet was right there. So I did cave a little bit and looked at a couple of the new Pokemon designs to give me some little drips. But the vast majority I did not look at. I refuse to. I would not look at the new Pokemon. I looked at some of the Galarian forms just to give me like, like to to cure my blue balls, basically. of not getting Pokemon (laughs) while all my friends were looking at them. But I didn't look at any of the new Pokemon. And I genuinely believe that's why I have such fond, great memories of playing Gen 8, because I felt surprised. It's a different experience. It's so different when you don't know what's gonna happen. It's so different when you're experiencing something for the first time. That's why I don't watch trailers anymore. Like like basically when something gets announced, that's all I watch. And unless I trust a company, like Nintendo is a company I trust not to reveal too much in their trailers. So I won't watch like I'll watch their trailers. But like some other companies like Square, I don't watch their trailers anymore, especially as it comes close to like the the like release like if I had watched the last trailer of Final Fantasy 7 Remake because I watched it after I beat the game so much stuff would have been spoiled for me expectations are best like tempered by just limiting the amount of information you expose yourself to and I, that's just what I think it is and it, it's, and it's just, really hard
2: to do that in the in in, in the age of te- technology and everything right? It's very because, difficult like we're We're just used to having all of the information in front of us whenever we want it. I don't wanna sound like an old man like like you dang kids and whatever i I don't wanna sound like some kind of soapbox preacher or anything like this too, but I think this is why. Mateo and I genuinely enjoyed Gen 4 of Pokemon so much. It's because it was we skipped Gen 3 because when that game was out, oh, little kids play Pokemon. I'm a big kid. I'm going to play Halo. Or I'm going to do something. Like, like, that. that was the general mentality for it. We skipped out on Gen 3, came into Gen 4, and we were just like, yeah, Pokemon's cool. We don't care. And it was just such a genuine, wholesome experience. And, like... People like like I know there's there's YouTube channels and stuff out there that their entire shtick is I'm gonna leak, uh I'm gonna talk about Smash Bros, or I'm gonna do this, and oh, the chairs in the background of Sakurai's video are yellow and purple. You know what's also yellow and purple? Wario and Waluigi. Waluigi for Smash? And just shit like that. And it's just like what? Why why do people watch this? It's just we preface a lot of our stuff with like, wouldn't it be cool if not? this is what's going to happen. And I think that's the fine line.
1: Yeah, like, uh, it's just something that I've now... I've been burnt by getting my hope. Like, the Grinch leak is the turning point for me, honestly. Like, I wanted Banjo and Smash so bad that I believed the Grinch leak, and I thought that it was super conspiracy. Th- like, I believed in the conspiracy that was the Grinch leak. And it was so... It's looking back at it, it's so crazy. I, like, without why anyone would believe it, but... When it wasn't true and we found out it was fake, it, it crushed me, honestly. And I'm like, ah, I'm never going to get Banjo again. And character after reveal after reveal, and not, it wasn't going to happen. And then there was a leak that actually happened the day before or the day of E3 2018 or 2018 or 19, whenever ban- 2019, where Banjo got announced. And they're like, yep, it's happening, it's happening, it's happening. And for whatever reason I just didn't see them. I I'm I'm surprised that I didn't get spoiled by that, but when that jiggy bounced across the stage, I lost my mind.
2: I thought so, you
0: did get spoiled.
1: No, I got you hero sh- spoiled. I got I, hero spoiled. Are you I sure? I, got-
0: I could have sworn sure. that day you were like you were like it was all over the leaks, Jules. It was all over the leaks. Like you were I, I thought you told me like you were holding out hoping it would happen because you had seen leaks. I thought so.
1: It was such a long time ago. It feels like an eternity because of the pandemic, but like I'm pretty sure I was demoralized after Hero. And I didn't think they would yeah. ever announce two characters. Something like that.
0: As a banjo fan who has gone through years and years of emotional neglect, regardless of whether there was a leak, you never would have fully believed it.
1: Part of yes. you would have told you that this is not real. Exactly. Yeah, Um, and Grant Kirkhope was saying it's not happening. People like the guy that composed Banjo Kazooie. Guy worked for Rare. He's like, it ain't happening. So just stop. And then he's like, oh yeah, I knew the entire time. So he did a good job of like trying to temper people's expectations and like to put us down gently. Yeah.
0: Well, so I kind of since we're already talking about a rare character, I thought maybe this is a good time to just kind of like segue back into donkey kong um so so like again like we said like we understand that having unrealistic expectations and buying into leaks and rumors can make things less enjoyable and more disappointing but the the fact is like a lot of stuff is already out there and we've seen it um and like we said like we at the hub world try not to believe these things but we really like to speculate so when rumors come out we like to just talk about them just as like what if, or what would we like to see if this thing were to be real? But really, like, at least, I like, I know that Mateo was kind of saying, like, a lot of the stuff that was rumored was correct, and Donkey Kong was one of the things that didn't get announced. I still don't fully believe this, personally, so that's why I feel comfortable talking about it. Mm-hmm. But, in any case, the 40-year anniversary of the first Donkey Kong game actually happens at the end of this month. Um. So it would be awesome if Nintendo just happened to announce on July 31st a, a Direct and they announced a Donkey Kong anniversary event. But the rumor, just to let everybody know, so the original rumor was, along with all the other E3 stuff, that the Super Mario Odyssey team was making a Donkey Kong game. That was the original rumor. Now, since then... More rumors have been added and attached to that rumor that have said things along the lines of, it's not just a Donkey Kong game made by the Mario Odyssey team. There's a reason why the Mario Odyssey team is working on it, which is that Nintendo is basically relaunching Donkey Kong as a franchise. It's going to be a multimedia launch. So not only is it going to be a single game, but it's it's a supposed multi-entry series of games, potentially, alongside an animated project which, considering the the head of Illumination Studios just got promoted to the board of directors at Nintendo, could be like the next movie that Illumination makes after the Mario Bros. movie is a Donkey Kong movie, um, as well as it's supposed to coincide with the first expansion of Super Nintendo World, um, which yep. was rumored already that the, Mario, the Donkey Kong Minecart coaster was something that had already been leaked way, way... Back then, and yeah. like thinking about this as like concept maps too leaked. Uh, yeah, but think about this as a concept yeah. of a relaunch. Like Nintendo's going to relaunch Donkey Kong so that it can be such a like a big franchise that like their theme park can also tackle it is a really cool idea. I mean, I think there's a lot of potential there because Donkey Kong himself is a very, very popular character. In my opinion, the reason Donkey Kong kind of died was a mixture of rare no longer being at Nintendo and also just in general 2D platforming died and Donkey Kong never really emerged from 2D platforming and there was a resurgence like in the late 2000s which is when Donkey Kong Country returns came but ultimately a 2D platformer is never going to bring a series into that level of like wow that's something like breath of the wild or something like mario odyssey can so i think nintendo's looking at it like here's a character we have that's incredibly popular on his own and he just doesn't have a series of games like they are good games but he doesn't have a series of games that's like an epic that's something that's just like gonna like blow people away in terms of sheer like scale and content so i can see why they'd be like hey mario odyssey team can you work on something that features donkey kong that might be in the same vein so it could be cool i'd like to see what they're going to do with it
1: insiders or whoever it is don't know whether it's a 2d project or a 3d project pardon me for saying this to anyone that i could potentially offend but like honestly the mario odyssey team i think it's like nintendo epd or something like that because like nintendo changed the names of their development studios not ead anymore but like that's their main studio that's the studio that works on arguably their biggest games honestly unless they completely reinvent the wheel for a 2d platformer i think it'd be a complete waste of their talents if they're working on a 2d platforming game i feel like donkey kong deserves to have another shot at 3d uh, in a 3d sandbox space Donkey Kong 64 was a really good starting point. It didn't execute everything well. The game is a bit of a slog. There's way too many collectibles and stuff like that. It has rough edges, but it's still, I think, at its core, it's a good game. They can cut down the amount of playable characters or whatever, like have Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, like Dixie, Cranky, whatever. The, all the main Kongs have a more streamlined experience, maybe a little more like mario odyssey in the sense where like you're going to be these big open worlds you can climb you can swing on vines you can do stuff like that i feel like if it was a 2d platformer like it could feel very samey and i just don't know how they can what they could possibly do even if it was like two and a half d like i don't see what they could possibly do to make this experience truly like revolutionary and it's been such a long time since donkey kong's had a 3d game where i feel like the chances of us getting blown away from a 3d donkey kong game is way higher so i would personally want them to go that direction
0: yeah i agree i think it just needs something fresh i think like Mm -hmm. like i like donkey kong country and i think there's a place for donkey kong country but i think there's a place for both like i think donkey kong is the kind of series that can be like zelda and like Mario where there can be two simultaneous series there can be Donkey Kong Country which are the 2D platforms and there can be something else which is Donkey Kong on a 3D landscape
1: you you wouldn't want your main studio doing a 2D game though like cuz the 2D Zelda's and the 2D Mario games nowadays those are seen as like like old school like experiences right you not no one's going to compa- compare the Link's Awakening remake to Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild is seen as like way more ambitious and way more. It's a higher end experience in a way. I don't know the right word, but like I feel like Donkey Kong, it'd be the exact same type thing. Like I want Kirby. I want Kirby to do the same thing, right? I want Kirby to be three D, and then like, that would be <laughs> a good example of what it could potentially be an ambitious 3d Kirby game compared to the safer, more classic 2d Kirby experience.
0: I disagree with you on that one. I've never wanted really? Kirby in a 3d landscape and I definitely yeah, don't.
1: I want everything. Nintendo put three, make everything 3d 3d um, platformers. They need to come back.
0: But just a question, like, so let's just assume that this game is real. How would you want it like formatted? Like, would you want it to be something like a banjo slash Mario Odyssey, like collectathon kind of game?
1: I feel like there has to be some sort of collectathon thon element to the game. I felt like... I, I love Mario Odyssey. I think Odyssey is probably the best 3D Mario game ever made. The only gripe I had with it is I just didn't like the way they handled the moons in the game. It didn't feel like an achievement to get a moon. Some of them were actually legitimately difficult and time-consuming to get, but some of them are literally just there. Like, you can just run up and get them. So I feel like if they sort of made the golden banana or whatever the heck you want to call it to be on that more difficult end to get, because people like Donkey Kong Country games are difficult. I feel like if that, that could be translated over to the 3D games and make it maybe more of a more difficult 3D platformer. So I would want it to be more structured, like Banjo Kazooie, like Mario Odyssey in terms of the sand, and like Mario 64 is like the sandbox level, but. The progression. I hope it's more like Banjo Kazooie, where there's not as many of the star or the jiggy or whatever to get in the world, and they're better hidden. I don't want to get bombarded by uh, a, getting a golden banana every ten seconds. I think that's just overkill. Yeah,
2: it, it's it's kind of like appealing to the people who can't stick it out through a puzzle. It's just like oh, and I and I know I think Nintendo said they wanted to f- populate the world. With stars, so like for instance, like if you're playing the Switch on the go, you can get those, like you can go out and just crank out 20 stars and just, or sorry, 20, 20 moons and just like progress to the next level versus just bashing your head against the same one puzzle. Well, like for instance, like 150 stars in a game like Mario 64, that's a good, that's a good amount of content. You don't need to, mm-hmm. to pat it out by having 500 or 999 stars. I guess this is like those big numbers and stuff are nice and flashy for like selling points. It's like, oh, look at all this stuff. Like just because you have more things to collect doesn't mean that they're good things to collect.
1: That's that's the problem people have with DK64. I, mean,
0: I agree. It sucks for the completionist. Yes. Um, because some things just feel mundane. But like, I do think there's a purpose to it because especially as I start to meet different types of gamers, like I have a friend, for example, who all he does, like he commutes two to three hours a day and he brings a switch and he games and so for somebody like him having things like 999 moons is really nice because then he can play one game for a long time. Like, he play, Like, I'm not even kidding. He's on his 15th playthrough of Fire Emblem Three Houses because he just needs things to play. So, to me, it's like, sure, some things are tedious, but, like, the more content, the better. Like, even if some things aren't the greatest, like, I look at, like, Zelda. Like, I don't want to get all the Korok seeds, but somebody might. So, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with that stuff.
2: I know, but if, like, for instance... If the Korok seeds were tied to your progression in the game, and like, oh, okay, you could only advance to the next level or the next portion of the game where you have to have like 500 Korok seeds, and some of them are impossible to get.
0: No, I agree with that, but Nintendo never does that. Like, that's not even the case with Mario Odyssey. Like, Mario Odyssey, I think you only need to get like 200 moons to beat the game, and there's like 999. I I see where you're coming from, but I think I think the lens and the and the, the like I think you actually hit it on the nose, Gino. I think like the the landscape of Switch games has changed because it is a handheld console as well. And so like mm-hmm. things are made to be bite sized so that people can do things on short transit trips or when they just have have the ability to just like pop in for 10, 20 minutes and do something. Um yeah. like there's a lot of that kind of built into games.
2: It's like almost mobile, and I know yeah. that's like dangerous to say.
0: Now, how about another thing? And I, I know what Mateo's answer is gonna be. To this question, but I'm going to ask anyway. Playable characters. Oh, what do you feel around that? I want Chunky. <clears throat> <laughs> Ch-
2: Got to bring Chunky back. Um, honestly, I would like to see a return of the the of the of the Kongs from DK64. That'd be really cool if it's a 3D platformer, just because like it would be a nice nod, a nice throwback. Whether uh, I think I would want them as characters, not maybe playable. Like Cranky's been getting yes. a lot of love. We need we need. Uh, our, yeah, uh, we need we need our senior citizen representation.
0: Yeah. And like, that's kind of where I'm at, honestly, and I say this very fully as a big fan of Donkey Kong and the fact like I love the fact that Donkey Kong in the original Donkey Kong trilogy, the Donkey Kong Country trilogy was only playable in one of the three Donkey Kong Country games. I don't think there should be any playable characters but Donkey Kong. I think it should just be a solo Donkey Kong adventure. I think all the Kongs should appear whether they do it like worlds, like a Banjo-Kazooie thing, or whether they make it a little bit more like open world, I think all the Kongs should have a role. But I genuinely think Donkey Kong should be the only playable character. And the the way that you change up gameplay rather than having different playable characters is incorporate the animals, like, directly yeah, into Like, bring back. the animal buddies. Like, animal buddies are one of the funnest things about Donkey Kong. And I think that could be a really fun gameplay element, Is is that... And maybe they do something wacky like, like, like fricking—I don't know—bring the crystal coconut from the, the the animated series in, and King K. Rule like activates its powers, and like what happens is like you don't actually ride the animal buddies, but you merge with the animal buddies, like they become his like spirit animal buddies, and like Don Kong gains the abilities of like a rhino and like a fucking swordfish, and a bee,
2: and like it's more like. I don't know like that's what I want to be honest. DK64 kind of had that though where like you became Rambi or you became En-Guard.
0: Ang- but I mean you don't become them. I mean like Donkey oh, like Kong gains abilities like the way Samus would gain, gain abilities in a Metroid game where like he gains <laughs> <laughs> the abilities of other animals.
2: <laughs> that, that'd actually be pretty funny. I honestly though I think that that would be like completely like okay with it like in universe and totally
1: fine. Yeah, like, why would, not? my kind of like idea that i had with a 3d donkey kong game is like like i prefer having multiple playable characters i think but then it's it's a, it could be a slippery slope like but like it it could add like metroidvania type elements to the game where like okay only diddy kong can only get this high cuz he has his jetpack or dixie kong has her like ponytail helicopter thing so she can travel really far since she can only get here like, the stuff like that that could be interesting if they handle that. Like, depending on which characters are playable, you can do certain things. But if they went with just Donkey Kong as a playable character, they would still, like you said, have to have... I feel like it would be a, such a missed opportunity to not have, like, Diddy, Dixie, Chunky... Or not Chunky, Cranky, uh, like, all the different Kongs, Funky Kong, like in the game. It'd be cool if they copied what Banjo-Kazooie did and, like, and instead of having, like, Banjo transform into things to give him abilities. It'd be cool if he could tag team with other Kongs and like every level has a different Kong you can tag team with.
0: So, yeah, like, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah,
1: so like I, I you will, could have they Diddy could the be on one ups. level. Yeah. So like Diddy's like ba- like Diddy jumps on uh DK's back and then does like just gives him the jetpack boost and like or like Diddy's like, <laughs> Diddy can like use his guitar or something like that. Like I think that would be really cool or like Frankie Kong teams up with DK and you can use like it It kind of work like the 2d game where like you can hop over top of like obstacles on the ground, like thorns and stuff like that.
2: Or he can swing a
1: staff around at people. Yeah. Or like, sorry, his cane. I would want the Donkey Kong 64, if it, 64 crew to reappear. Cause like Chunky Kong hasn't been in anything since DK 64. So
0: going with this like idea of like multiple playable characters, what if this game, instead of it being like a Mario Odyssey, Banjo Kazooie, like, where it's like a big open world collectathon, what if it's more in the vein of like Super Mario Three D World, where it's level based, but it's a three D landscape and it's four player and it's co op?
2: I don't think it's um, I don't think it's different enough because we have that.
0: But there's not a lot of games like that. Really? Like, they're just 3D world. And, like, obviously the gameplay would be different. It would be Donkey Kong gameplay, so it might be different, but I'm saying, like, what if that's the mode they go with? Or even if it's a tag team, like a two-player game.
1: I wouldn't want a game that has, like, 60 different levels in it. I would... I think that idea would be kind of cool if they made it like Mario Odyssey or or Banjo-Kazooie, where you have worlds, levels that are that big.
0: So here's a question I have. Was... Was the Mario Odyssey team the team that did Super Mario 3D World?
1: Uh, yes.
0: Okay, so, hear me out. If they did 3D World, that means their most recent game was not Mario Odyssey. Their most recent game was Bowser's Fury. What if Bowser's Fury was a test run at seeing how gameplay could work with playing as a character and having a companion character around in like an open world? mario and bowser jr tagging up was to test out donkey kong and diddy
2: i actually like this idea
1: if diddy kong works better than bowser jr did in bowser's fury i'm all for that
0: bowser jr wasn't that bad if somebody else wasn't playing against him the co-op was awful but yes the like ai wasn't awful but like what if that's the
2: camera angles and stuff what
0: if that was like a test they're, like, playing around with this idea of, like, an open world where you go around and, like, similar to Mario Odyssey, like, you go around different, like, areas of a world.
2: But there's, like, mini worlds inside of the main overworld. The main hub world, even.
0: Yeah, but that's what I mean, is they can do things like that. Like, it can be that structure. Whether, rather than it being, like, Mario Odyssey where there's, like, 15 different worlds, it could be more like Bowser's Fury where... You're on Donkey Kong Isle, but as you collect more, whatever the collectible is, more of the jungle opens up to you, and you keep collecting and keep collecting until you yeah. have enough to go to the final boss, and in the midst of that, you have Diddy, who follows you as a companion, or multiple characters that follow you as a companion, depending on where you go. Like It can be something like Diddy follows you around in such and such area, but the second you walk into the other area, Diddy like hops off of you, and Dixie jumps onto you. And it's like that's Dixie's area where she helps you, and then Tiny's in another area, and like uh, the new uh, or Cranky's in another area, and New Kong is where in you
1: another. You hop onto area. Chunky's back. No New Kongs. I do not want New Kongs. There's too many good Kongs that already exist that have been forgotten. But yeah, I really like that. Honestly, Bowser's Fury was very se- like le- the the overworld to level was seamless. Like yeah, you just. You travel to the level, you play through the level, and then you just leave the level, and then you go back into the overworld. It's like all one thing. Yeah, it's all you can connected. Hop out
2: of the level into the overworld.
1: Yeah, you can leave whenever you want or whatever. Like that's, I thought that was that's really cool. I think that's the biggest thing that Bowser's Fury added to the Mario formula. If if they were to ever take that out, that's something that they should honestly, they should make it in, like a a full game experience like that. It would work perfectly for Mario. It would work perfectly for Donkey Kong. Like, that is really cool. I think that could be an interesting future for just 3D platformers in general. Like, that's a really cool idea. One quick thing to add with Donkey Kong I just thought of. Okay, if Nintendo doesn't use the Donkey Kong Country branding for the game and they want to make it their own thing, it will still not be a Donkey Kong game if David Wise did not do the score for that game. I know Nintendo likes using their in-house composers or whatever. But David Wise, he's the guy. He's He made all those awesome Donkey Kong uh, tracks from the Country series. And like he worked on Diddy Kong Racing. He knows Donkey Kong. He His work is awesome. And it wouldn't be the same if he wasn't doing it. So that's my, like, if anything, please bring David Wise back. Because they brought him back for Tropical Freeze. He wasn't there for Returns. He And Returns' the soundtrack tried to imitate it. Uh, to imitate David Wise's score. And it didn't quite hit the same highs. It was good. But like David Wise came back for Tropical Freeze. And that soundtrack is fire. It's so good. Jules, did you have anything else that you wanted to to add? No, I think I've
0: exhausted most of what I was thinking about Donkey Kong. I'm just excited at the notion of Donkey Kong coming back. Because Don Kong, I do really like Don Kong, and like he is something I wanted to see enter the 3D landscape again. Whereas Kirby, like I said, I'm like, eh. but
1: I'm down for Don Kong. You know what? One day, you'll we. I, I got. I'm gonna try to convert you to to one in 3D Kirby. Games. I really
0: just hope that whatever the DK Minecart ride in, in Super Nintendo World is, I hope it's very. Very pain-inducing. Like I hope you can actually die on that that ride. Like I hope that's the gimmick, <laughs> is that what? it has like a thirty-three percent survival rate, and like you have to be skilled enough to actually survive, or you literally fall off the
1: ride and die. So there's gonna be like you gonna have to duck into your mine cart because if you don't <laughs> duck, you're gonna get decapitated. <laughs> decapitated. A piece of metal. <laughs> <Yep>.
2: <laughs> oh dear, Thank God. Jules. Hunger Games, the ride, but it's DK.
1: Hey, you know what would be cool? One day, we ever go to Super Nintendo World as a as a as a group, we can document our uh, adventures there and post them on the Hub World. Honestly,
0: yes, I agree, and I'm honestly imagining the minecart coaster to be like a hybrid of something like the like Crazy Mouse slash like Goofy's sal- helicopter ride or whatever in California Adventure. You know what I mean? That one, yep. a hybrid of like that, the Indiana Jones ride, and like the rock, like Thunder Mountain Railroad, like like I imagining like a mashup of those three rides being the minecart coaster. Just,
1: do you know how the ride system works? Is it digital? No, it's it's going to be outside. I think oh, basically cool. there's two there's two tracks. There's the track that the ride vehicle is actually attached to, and then there's the track that you think you're on.
0: Oh, cool. So,
1: and that's where like you're gonna have like all these you're gonna think you're doing all these crazy jumps and stuff on the minecart, but in reality, like that's gonna be I'm what not. you're seeing, but you're actually attached to the bottom track. Cool. I like it. So and the the rides like the the track's gonna move up and down and like it's it's gonna it's gonna it's revolutionary apparently. It's never been done something like this has never been done before.
0: I look forward to so, the Hub World goes the Hub World does Disneyland slash Universal Studios twenty twenty four put yeah, the date on it,
1: okay.
2: <laughs> oh gosh.
0: <laughs> very I'm ambitious. Very excited for Marvel Campus and uh in Disneyland, but we can talk Avengers campus, we can talk about that another time. Maybe we should just have a Disneyland tri- uh trip podcast one day. Um we should. A Disneyland podcast. In any case, um thank you for tuning in and listening. Um we have quite a number of topics coming up we've mentioned a couple already loki is coming some points we're going to talk DC TV. we we're also have the
2: gamecube essentials
0: we have some yeah we have some essentials ones we have a metroid topic somewhere down the line we're still waiting for riley to finish his playthrough of all of them and then we're going to do a, a special anniversary episode the way we did zeldas um and i'm sure there will be other little things that will pop up suicide squad's coming out soon i'm sure we'll do a podcast on that there's a lot of stuff. So just stay tuned. Um, we will see you soon. Don't forget to like and subscribe, whether you're watching us on YouTube or Spotify. If you're a Geno fan, remember, days are numbered. We're literally in the end game right now. As soon as Fighter Pass 11 is announced, all chances of you ever getting your character in Smash will, be, will fade with Sakurai retiring from Smash Bros. We look forward to our triumph. So please don't subscribe.
2: (laughs) And uh, and that terrible mindset of uh, expectations can finally be closed. Good night, everybody.
1: Farewell. See ya.